You're listening to Tune In, a Tune Media podcast brought to you by Welsh Connections. This is Wales. Bangor. Newport. Carmarthen. Rill. Bill Wells. Northwest. Aberdare. Port Madog. Colgan. Regent. Aber Aaron. Wrexham. Merthyr. Neath. This is Wales. Hi there, I'm Craig Mapstone, and today I'm with Grant Nicholas from Feeder. Feel deflated 
Hi Grant, how are you doing? Hi, yeah, good, thanks, yeah. Torpedo is your first album post-Covid. How did Covid and the lockdowns affect the writing and recording of the album? Well, I mean, the first sort of, obviously we finished up our tour, the uh, Tallulah tour, then we had the second half and that all got cancelled because of the Covid mm. situation. Well, it got moved twice and then cancelled, so that was a bit of a downer. Um, I'd written a load of stuff sort of during, just before Covid, and we did some, did some recording. So pretty much had an hour's worth of stuff kind of almost ready to be mixed and stuff. Just, you know, a few bits and bobs to finish off, and that was going to be the next feeder album. And then, then we went into lockdown, a bit of a weird sort of four to six weeks where I didn't really do much writing, didn't really quite know what was going on. Um, and then I just picked up my guitar again and started writing, and... And this album came out, Torpedo, and it just felt so kind of focused and just had a real vibe to it. Um, I didn't really want to dilute that, so we decided to release this one first, which are very much still like connected with it. It's um, it going to be out hopefully in a year's time on, on like another record, which is like the second half of this record. So it's like a double album in two halves kind of vibe. And also, nice. since, since we've come out of lockdown over the last sort of couple of months, I've written another six tracks that come out oh, heavier. So if they get added, then, you know, it gives a bit more choice to pick from. Yeah. So have about, I think, 18 to 20 songs to pick the album from. Or maybe the next one might be a devil, who knows? <laughs>
there's no shortage of the material around. But yeah, I'm obviously, you know, the whole lockdown was, you know, obviously tricky. We couldn't really get together. So, I mean, I'm, I'm very lucky because I've got a little studio at home where we do most of the feeder stuff anyway. So that, that was a real godsend. And uh, so I could work still with my engineer, Tim, who co-produced the album with us. And I could send stuff up to Taka, who lives up north. Because I didn't really see him during lockdown because, mm. you know, we didn't really get to see each other. And then we managed to find a few studios where we could go in a very small bubble and work with um, Jeff Holroyd, our live drummer, and uh, Carl Brazil, that did some drums on the record as well. Mm. But yeah, it was quite tricky, but we managed to get it done. And um, I suppose the advantage is I've had a lot of time to really get it right and to really um, didn't have the pressure, you know, from any labels, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But yeah, it, it, was, it was tricky. I mean, it's been a weird time for everyone, hasn't it? It was just yeah, heads it has. But obviously some of the songs sort of touch on situation a little bit but you know i mean it's bound to isn't it yeah definitely and certainly one of the things i associate with feeder songs are those moments of light and dark both in the music and especially the lyrics you know there's moments of adversity followed by hopeful and uplifting choruses yeah um and i noticed that a lot of songs on torpedo share those characteristics too with all of the ups and downs of the last couple of years is that where you find a lot of your inspiration for this record coming from? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, it's difficult for me to sort of really overanalyze it because I just write what comes naturally that day and where my headspace is or what I, you know, I, I write about other people and situations, how I imagine other people are feeling. I mean, I, I, I do think that the songs on this record are quite universal still, you know, in their message. And I think if there hadn't been a lockdown, these songs would still have a place. I don't think they'd feel... You know, because they, they, they touch on life, you know what I mean? All those things you talked about, you know, are things we deal with all the time. You know, there's always something going on in people's lives and people dealing with all sorts of stuff. You know, you know whether it's stuff happening in the world, you know, whether it's climate change things, whether it's like relationship stuff, whether it's mental health. I mean, it's all, it's all in there with these songs, but I think, it, but I tend to, but I think that's always been the case, you know, with, you know, with, you know, with, with actually quite a few feeder albums, you know. I tend to write songs that are, quite dark that reflect life but there's also quite a lot of positivity in there as well it's like that kind of you know there's always a ray of hope and that yeah. can come from the lyric but also come here from the melodies you know mm. just the way that you know, the other songs like develop and the way you know i'm a real song guy so i love choruses and stuff you know what i mean and sometimes you can sing quite a, a dark lyric in a chorus but if it's uplifting mm. musically it it kind of still has an up feeling and that's what I love about being in feed. And that's what I love about writing songs. And I'm lucky, you know, that I suppose being a songwriter gave me like a, it sort of, it, it was quite helpful during the whole lockdown thing. It gave me something to really focus on. Mm. I mean, I'm, I'm always writing, but it was just, I had a bit more time, you know, and a bit more just sort of, just sort of thinking about things, you know, maybe a little bit differently, you know, and that's why I think, you, you know, as you say, there is, you know, I think we were all searching for, for like positive things, weren't we? And, you know, hope, and I think that's gone into some of the songs and maybe that's why this album seems to have like really connected with people as well. You know, maybe they can find a connection with that.
the album has been out a couple of weeks now and it's already been exceptionally well received both critically and commercially yeah. and a lot of the comments I've seen from fans of the band have been really positive yeah. um, in fact a few of my friends have been listening to it and since it came out and I've, I've called it stunning quality from start to finish now I know you've recently done some in-store appearances and signings how has it been to have been able to play in front of the fans and have that face-to-face reaction with them again oh it's really great i mean i was yeah i was we did these little uh, revive live gigs in fact we came to um to pembrokeshire we went to uh, narberth and did like the queen's hall and then we did uh, a place called percy's bar um and it was uh it was amazing fun to do it and it was you know really worthwhile cause like save our save our grassroots venues was you know it was so important for bands you know to play it but these places would stay open. So anyway, we were doing our thing and then everyone got ill after that. I think we were so close to people. People aren't used to, yeah. you know, there is obviously COVID is rife still. It is around. It's just part of our lives now. It's just needs, needs mm. to get on with it. But there's other stuff around as well. All those things that are always around are still around. So it's like, you know, every time someone gets a cold, it's like, oh, you've got COVID. It's like, well, you know, you know, might have flu. You might have, you know, I, I just got a really bad, like, cold then the like, chest infection. I was yeah. really rough with it. Like, oh, God, it's terrible timing. Because mm. we had to count session on Chris Evans on Good Vision Radio, which is a big one to get. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. quite a big show. So, I mean, I rehearsed for it all, and oh, it was a real pain. But anyway, I only I only had to cancel one performance, I think, and then I managed to move one, and then we managed to do them. Mm. I was, like, coughing a lot. Right? <laughs> so somehow, yeah. But we did that straight back. So I was on acoustic, which is how I write the stuff. Yeah. So it's quite nice for the people to hear them in that way. But you actually use the guitar that I wrote them all on as well. And uh, and then we had Jeff on the cajon, those super custom things. Yeah, he's really good on it. And then Taka through a little bass amp. Tommy was playing kind of electric through a little tiny amp, and then CC on keyboards, and it worked really well. Um, there's a couple we did just as a three piece as well, but um, it was nice because we played at some we played five or six songs from the album that way. Mm. So it was quite a good sort of because we haven't started rehearsals yet. Yeah. <laughs> You've got to learn. so you've got a lot to do, but it kind of broke the ice a little bit. You know what I mean? And it was quite nice to hear like a rock album a bit more stripped back like that as well. So we mm. did Magpie, we did um, obviously the Healing, Hide and Seek, Desperate Hour. Um, there's, some, there's some others as well. I'm going mad. A Wall of Silence, and we also did um, Submission at a few as well. So that's half. That's over half the album yeah, yeah. already. Suffering The 
we might actually do something in the set where we have where we do one with a bit more I might play acoustic on it or something just 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 to break it up a bit you know yeah but it was great it was really great to be playing again shame I was ill but I still enjoyed it and it's just and it's just great to to meet the fans and, to, and just to hear the reaction because honestly I I'm, I'm so overwhelmed with this record because we didn't even, we weren't even going to take this album into radio it's going to be it was originally going to be like a little mini album mm. and then uh, we, we played it to our management and stuff they're like this has got to be an album this is really good and we were like oh right, okay so uh that's how that's how it all started and then so to have this sort of reaction from the fans has been amazing i mm. think i've read a bad comment yet. and then and even some of the press reviews have been some of the best we've had so yeah. you just you know i mean i was calling this our commercial suicide album about six <laughs> months ago i thought you know it's you know it's not gonna get on radio it'll be too heavy or whatever and it's ended up doing really well so you never know do you <laughs> Just something 
you know, I read the other day that it's your 10th album to hit the top 10. It is, yeah. Um, it's number five in the national charts, number three in the physical chart, number one in both the Indian rock and metal charts, which yeah. that in itself speaks volumes of the breadth of your appeal as a band. So after everything that's gone on in the last two years, is it still important to you to have that level of success? You know, it's nice. You know, you know, we're not a chart band. You know, we're not as mainstream as a lot of other bands that we associated with. Bands like the Manics, obviously, or Stereophonics, the huge gigs. I mean, they've always been. I mean, especially the Phonics, seem you know probably you know seen as a lot more mainstream than us. And they obviously a much more radio band. But but we still, you know, we still have fans that are into both those bands as well. That mm. Like Feeder, I think I've always thought we were a, bit, you know, a lot heavier, a bit more alternative. Mm. You know, our background. You know, a lot of people see Feeder as being like a grunge band or like a some people see it as just, you know, some radio stations think we're a heavy metal band. I, I, I don't quite get that, but you know, you know, you, you know, we we do get heavy at times, but we've got some songs that you know that have done great on radio as well. I mean, you know, we're not out here to try and prove how heavy we are. I love heavy music. I, I was brought up on Black Sabbath and Led Zeppelin mm. stuff, and, you know, and even a lot of punk rock. I mean, but I also love songs, you know, and, yeah. and, and, and I have. And you can hear that in Feeder's music. It's it's so obvious, you know, that all those influences. But, you know, there isn't many left like us anymore. You know, we no. used to get Smashing Pumpkins. Okay, they're still going. But a lot of bands of that, you know, of that era just aren't going anymore. So I feel really privileged, the fact that we are, and that we've, you know, we've been consistent and we've always, you know, done the best records that we can. Mm. And, you know, it's just nice that our last two records at this point in our career have both been top five records. You know, it's, I know it's just a chart, but it's still it's still quite nice, you know. And it, yeah. it's actually to the people that have been working on it, you know, either with us, you know what I mean, whether it's you know the crew or management or you know what I mean. It's just, yeah. it's kind of nice to them as well. It's like a big family. So yeah. I'd be nice if I said it wasn't nice to have a top five. It'd be even nicer to have a number one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this, I'm sure there's still time. Matter. It doesn't matter, yeah. you know. You mentioned that you hadn't started rehearsals for the tour yet, um, which begins at the end of this month. Yeah, we're starting on Monday, so we've got a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. Japanese 
has the pandemic and Brexit affected touring? Oh, it's been a nightmare. Mm. I mean, you know, well, obviously the Bre- uh, the sort of Brexit thing was you know, making Europe a nightmare. It's a little bit better now. Mm. I think they've sorted out the issues, but it's still going to be, it's still a bit of a pain. Just sort of, everything just seems a bit more complicated now. And, you know, and things have, everything's got more expensive, mm. whether it's anything from uh, merchandise to just to everything. And, and, you know, a lot of, it's really hard to get crew because it's only gone really busy. So either the crew are all working or, or some of them have just given up the music list. I know some amazing sound guys, amazing techs that aren't doing it anymore, mm. but they just said they don't want to be in the situation again. Yeah. Because it really messed them up the whole. And so some of them are like just taking on completely new careers, mm. you know, and they seem to be quite happy doing that. So it has had a massive effect, you know, you know, obviously financially, yeah. it's all about life now. That's where, Bands like ourselves, you know, can make a, you know can make a living. But it's it, you know, I, 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 I'm not being negative. I mean, these things happen. Yeah. I mean, it's just unfortunate that I'm in an industry that was something you couldn't really do when we had the COVID situation. Yeah. We can still make music and we can still write music, so that's a good thing. And I think that's how a lot of people have dealt with it. But I think for people involved with bands, like I said, mm. when hospitality thing, a catering, you know, crew, all that stuff, it's been really difficult. But the whole Brexit thing, yeah, it's not hasn't been ideal, but hopefully that's going to get better. Yeah, it is tricky. So, I mean, it's hard. You have to wait eight months, years to get a vinyl made now. Yeah. I mean, it's just crazy. So if you haven't finished, so if you're going to release your album and you want to do vinyl, if you haven't ordered it in time, you, you, you almost have to release it around like production time on something now. It's crazy. Yeah. Because a lot of the you know, vinyls cut in Europe as well, like Poland and stuff like that. And obviously what's going on in Ukraine, it's probably going to be yeah. not the best time to get cut in Poland yeah <laughs> yeah it has it has had a big effect but hopefully it's getting better slowly
despite all of those obstacles, are you looking forward to getting back on the road? Oh, I can't wait. I mean, I'm a bit twitchy because, you know, it's like, it's a bit like, uh, you, you know, when you haven't played, you know, I haven't played football, you know, you're, you know, sort of like, you know, sort of, I mean, not that I play football anymore, but it's like, or, or if you go on a run, you haven't been on a run for two years and suddenly you think like you barely, you know, you barely bought the next day. Sometimes when you get into rehearsal, it does feel a bit like that. You're like, Christ, I'm going to sing for two hours and just get used to it. And like, obviously, you know, Jeff, our drummer's got to play that those feeder drums. Yeah. But, and it is a work. That feeder drumming is, I mean, you've got to be good. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's hit hard as well. Yeah. My God, he's, you know, so you just needs to get your head in the right space. But um, to answer your question, I can't wait. I'm really looking forward to it. And this tour's going to be something really special. Yeah. To be proper 90s feeder because we're mm. going to be playing a lot of the new record and we're going to revisit some really old classics from, from like Swim and Potter theme. So for a diehard fan, it's going yeah. to be one that you should come see. That's going to be amazing. Yeah? Cool. Yeah, it is. And aside from the recent promotional tour, have you been able to see much of Taka recently and throughout lockdown? Not really, no. I mean, just when we get together, for, I mean, we don't see each other much anyway because he lives up north yeah. like in London. So, you know, we see each other on tour all the time. You know, we've known each other for a long time. I, yeah. I don't, you know, we don't every day and we've all got you know our lives and families but you know probably, of course I'll call him out and stuff but you know we see each other when we get together you know, you know I'd obviously like to have seen him a lot more during lockdown because he's trying to explain things and do stuff you mm. know sending stuff isn't a deal but but we did a lot to Lula album like that as well so it wasn't it wasn't like we you know you, you know we, we knew we could make it work it's just sometimes like communication can be difficult yeah but yeah I've seen him a bit and he's on good form and um He's really looking forward to the tour. I know that, and um, and I think he he seems to really love, you know really like the record. He likes to rock out Tacker as well. So I think we're both looking forward to really rocking out. So a lot of you know revisiting our sort of 90s youth a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hope we yes done it. But, um, <laughs> it's a fun record to play. It's going to be a workout, and it's it's really weird because it feels like I didn't realise it till now, but during lockdown I sort of revisited a few early feeder stuff, you mm. know, stuff from Swim. And now, I li- and now when I hear that stuff, it feels really connected to this record. Mm. We've almost gone full without realising it. Yeah. And I think that's positive. This road
actually, when I was listening to Torpedo, there was one particular track, um, uh, Born to Love You, oh, that okay. reminded me very much of early Feeder, um, but still also sounded like a progression of the Feeder from the last few albums. Yeah, it's one of my favourites. Actually, Born to Love You was going to be on the next album because mm. uh, we thought, oh, maybe it's a bit too, you know, a bit too poppy for this. But when I heard it, I thought, no, it's still got enough rock there and it's still, it's still sort of classic Feeder, you know, and I just felt... It's actually really popular, Born to Love You. I didn't, I didn't realise how popular it was. Actually, that's come out a lot. And also, you know, When It All Breaks Down is really popular. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's one of my favourites, actually, When It All Breaks Down. I really like yeah, that one. Yeah. It's all sort of classic feeder, but a little bit proggy in places, yeah. but it's got some in. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Confused 
so much left unsaid. With all the other tracks on the new album, there's I think there's eleven tracks in total. Are there any of the other new ones that have become favourites for you? Well, yeah, you mentioned. I mean, obviously, I like when it all breaks down a lot. Um, I, I, I really like Magpie as well. Mm, it's quite a cool that's a track. Great song. Uh, it's got something about it. I like the fact that it's not a screamy vocal, but it's something quite cool about it. Um, yeah, I mean, I like you know, there's quite a few. I mean, I like some of the mellow stuff. I mean, I quite like slow strings, and I like uh, you know, I mean, I actually really like Desperate Hour. The you know, there's only on the CD, mm. the bonus track. I mean, yeah, it's a nice little song. It's sort of classic. It sort of reminds me of when I was doing stuff on, you know, the, the song called Swim on our, on our mini album. It's got that kind of thing about it. Yeah, I mean, um, I don't know. I mean, you know, I like a lot of the, I, I mean, I, I, it's weird because I'm sort of usually very critical about everything I do, but I don't know, I still really like the record. I just think, you know, it's just, I'm just overwhelmed with, mm. you know, with the, just, you know, just with people's like response to it. I think, I think it just flows well. Yeah. And I had a lot of time, you know, working on the scene and making it it's almost like a classic 70s kind of rock album and I think it's really paid off you know because we could have put added so much more to it and tried to tick too many boxes but I didn't want to confuse the listener mm. I wanted it to be rocking classic feeder almost touching on how we started but also just give you a few little moments of, of breaks and you know, songs like hide and seek because that, that basically ends that's like the end of side one on the vinyl yeah. and then it sort of kicks off like decompress proper old school big feeder riff and then it sort of ends, you know, um, if you've got the CD, it ends on Desperate Hour, Nice Mellow End, or it ends on Submission, a big anthemic end. Mm. But yeah, there's quite a lot of thought gone into it. Or I mean, people don't often listen to music in the way that I you know, want them to hear it, because I know it's, a, yeah. it's all on shuffle. But yeah, it's, um, no, I, I'm just really chuffed. And I can't wait to get out and do the tour. Yeah. It's going to be a special tour. Yeah, definitely, thing. definitely. Well, it's an amazing album, and it's been absolutely lovely talking to you. Yes. Um, but finally, before you go, the tour kicks off on the 23rd of April in Bex Hill for 10 dates across England and Scotland. Any plans to come to Wales again soon? We will come back, and you know we are we are doing a few things there. So I'm not I'm not dissing Wales. So don't worry about that. I mean, hopefully we do another Welsh date. Since we're doing the one with uh, Noel Gallagher, High Flying Birds, and Colin Bay, and we just did we did the catfish one at the end of last year in in Swansea, and then we just did one last couple of weeks ago as well. So it's, it's, I mean, we just couldn't get the right venues. So that's why it's not on this tour. Yeah. But you know, I'm not. You know, obviously I love playing Wales. This is just, it's where all my mates live. So, yeah. So. <laughs> I'd time it. Oh, you're not playing Wales again. And I tried. <laughs> oh, awesome. Well, thanks for chatting, Grant, and all the best for the tour. Thanks a lot.
Neat. 